Good evening, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Snell Nation. Uh, so I was away for a couple of weeks. Technically, I'm still away. Um, I just felt I, I let uh, quite a bit of time pass. Um, it's been about uh, almost three weeks. And since, you know, we're, we're in uh, the beginning of, you know, the, the greatest month of, uh, of the year, you know, black, black history month. So, you know, I, I have to, I have to come on and talk about it a little bit, you know, just a little bit, not, not too much. Um, but of course, you know, th this month is a very special month, um, especially for, um, a lot of the, the race baiters, um, and the, the panders and, you know, you'll start to see, um, a lot of politicians go on and on about, the importance of us having a conversation about race, you know, yada, 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 um, fanning the flames and ensuring that this uh, race obsession um, in this country continues forever. Um, uh, definitely between black and white. That's just that's just something that is a uh, is a golden goose. Um, as I said before, it's the well that will never run dry. And individuals will go back to that well uh, every chance they get to uh, gain a little clout, um, gain some influence, and, and of course the financial gain. You know, and this 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 obsession. I mean, we we saw it um, uh, reach its peak in 2020. I mean, it was um, this country. I mean, we we were primed um, all throughout. You know, from 20, 2013. <laughs> Um, all the way up until now, you know, where you had all these uh, protests and, you know, in the court, of course, then we had the Black Lives Matter, um, that whole thing, which started in, let me see, I think it was July 2013. And, you know, grassroots organization, you know, it's uh, receives, you know, millions and millions of dollars. Well, at this point, you know, a couple hundred million, uh, but they're, they're grassroots, you know, they're, <laughs> they're the people, the voice of the people even though they've invested nothing into uh, black communities or, or minority low-income communities or anything like that. But that's, I'll save that one for, uh, for another time. But everyone is going to shout about this conversation we need to have, which is um, ridiculous. I mean, we, we, we've talked about it so much. I mean, as I think it's time to talk about something else, <laughs> perhaps something that actually matters, something that's in the top 10 list of issues in this country. I mean, I this is my personal opinion, but I, I truly believe that the whole point of it, all this, is to keep 99% of us wrapped up in social issues forever. We can, we can stomp around and talk about um, uh, transgender rights or gay rights or black rights, Hispanic rights. You know, we, we can, we can talk about uh, abortion. We can talk, you know, we can go back and forth, pro-life, pro-choice, all lives matter, blue lives matter, you know, black lives matter, all that stuff. Um, but we just can't seem to dive into, um, anything that, with, that has any real complexity, um, anything that, that has a deep impact on all of us not just one particular group, but everyone. 
you know, we, we can't really dive into campaign finance reform. We can't dive into tax reform. We can't dive into uh, a complete audit of the Fed um, uh, or exploring uh, different options as far as money creation, who sets the interest rates, things like that. No, we, we, we can't we can't really dive into that. You know, the 99 percent, the 325 million or so, you know, we can't discuss that stuff. Not in the mainstream, you know. We, we can't we can't have the peasants getting too close to the truth or asking too many of the uh, correct questions at the appropriate time, because that would just be dangerous. I mean, mostly for, for the the small circle that pretty much dominates and, and controls the the wealth uh, in in this country and in, in quite a few other countries. So then you have Black History Month and thank you for for slavery and, you know, uh, and Jim Crow, because that just keeps the the golden goose. It just keeps it coming. It just keeps delivering it because you can tug on those emotional heartstrings so easily uh, uh, with so many people, especially with with with, I'll say my people or the the uh, on, on paper, the group that I fall under, I'm classified under. African-American or, or black American, which also makes no sense. I'm not black. I'm, I'm actually, I'm brown. Um, there aren't many black uh, individuals. Um, and these hyphenated American titles also don't make any sense. I'm African-American, but I, I, I spent zero time on the continent. My mother spent zero time, my father, zero time, my grandparents, my great grandparents, my great, great, great grandparents, zero time on the continent. But I'm stuck being lumped into this classification because we we all have to um, have to be categorized and organized and and placed. Um, It just seems to be the way the way that things work here. You know, we, we, we can't divide and conquer if, if you don't allow us to divide you. So we have to put you in your little categories. Which brings me back to, to Black History Month. I mean, this is something that has been around for 100 years, almost 100 years. I'm sorry. Um, it was started in 1926. So we're getting close to that, that 100 years um, celebrating. I'll put that in air quotes, celebrating. Um, the achievements of black folks. And I just, I, I see this stuff and I just, you know, for a while I felt a bit of indifference. A long time, for years, indifference. It was just kind of like, oh, look at that Black History Month. Oh, that's that's cool. Um, well, anyway, I got to get going. You know, it's like, I, I don't, what do you want me to say here? <laughs> um, but after what I've seen over the past, you know, 10 years, all of this stuff just feels so staged and, and orchestrated. And, you know, and you ever feel like this, this sense of deja vu where, where something feels incredibly familiar. That that's what I feel this time of year. And it's not just because, you know, it, it's the, the holiday is it, the holiday. See, look at that. I'm thinking of Juneteenth and that's trash as well, but the, this month, every year, like you see the same the same things on television 
Um, the politicians respond the same way. The corporations respond the same way. Um, it's the same thing in, in June for uh, for Pride Month. You know, the the politicians do their pandering. You know, the uh, the corporations they break out their flags and everything else, which they tear it right back down the day after that month ends. It's the same thing with Black History Month. It's it gets us stirred up and focused on social issues and, and make sure it makes sure that we're just stuck in it forever swimming in irrelevant in irrelevance. Just just there, not tackling any hard hitting issues that impacts the society as a whole. It, it it's it's just so crazy. And, and there are people that truly believe that, you know, uh, well, with, with President Trump, we 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 lost like you know 40 years of uh, uh, social progress and, and racial progress in this country. You know, things like that. It, it, it's like what that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I mean, we, we've lost progress as a society as a whole. Because we just, for some reason, we haven't reached the conclusion yet that whether you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, gay, straight, or whatever, you know, Christian, Hindu, Buddhist, we, we all, we're all dealing with the same enemy. Like, it's, it's not a racial issue. It's not religion. You know, it's not gender. It's none of that. It's... Simply, and this is my opinion, I feel like I have to keep throwing that disclaimer in there. It's it's about class structure. That That's what it is. There's a, a handful of people at the top, and this isn't a conspiracy theory. This you, you can see plenty of them. We've got a handful of people that have more money than, than the GDP in multiple countries. You know, and and we've been convinced that that's that's perfectly fine. They've earned that. They worked for that. So it's totally fine that one man um, could influence the population of 300 million people because that one man has amassed so much wealth with the help of multiple governments, by the way. That that's perfectly fine. That's 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 natural. I mean, last year we had to watch a handful of billionaires, you know, uh, play their own little mini space race, seeing who can get into the uh, the upper atmosphere, you know, burning through uh, hundreds of billions of dollars. And we just watch it on TV and we ooh and we ah and we act like it's just, you know, good for you, you know. And it, that's it. We're, we're conditioned to be okay with all these things. And little things like, well, like Juneteenth, since I've mentioned it earlier, which... You know, uh, there were people that celebrated that when that started last year. And I found myself once again, just feeling indifferent and then really just wondering, like, I don't why. You know, and my in my opinion, the why is, you know, it, it, it ensures that we're focused on social issues. Keep the people as far away from the truth as possible. Keep them far away from the, the, the complex issues. Um, those issues should remain with the, the high level thinkers, you know, the, the social engineers, the special interests, the individuals that pull the strings and truly control things here. The ones that own this place. We can't have the peasants and the worker drones 
you know, diving into complex issues, they might actually start wanting things that matter. <laughs> they might start asking relevant questions and demanding real tangible things and formulating plans and, and oh my goodness, maybe even coming together, working together as a team, as a unit, you know, and we, we can't have that. So give them another holiday, you know, just, just uh, really run it into the ground. You know, we want full press coverage, you know, 24 seven, we want to just shove down their throats in the mainstream media um, or through the mainstream media and keep them focused on these things. And here we are, with Black History Month. And people will go, you know, well, we need to raise awareness. It's it's 2022 now. What I don't understand. What raise awareness? Awareness f- for who? <laughs> who doesn't know <laughs> that black people did some stuff in this country by by now. Now when it was started in 1926, there was some purpose really behind it during that time and to me it was more about raising awareness amongst well just the um the black youth of that time so i could see that now it it just it seems nonsensical at best nonsensical It 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 doesn't serve a purpose for the society as a whole like I said before, it's great for keeping people distracted and keep people focused on social issues. Sure. Um, but what does it actually do for us, for the peasants, for the 325 million? I, not a whole lot. And I, I, and there were so many stories. Fortunately, we, we, we've gotten off to a, uh, a light start. I mean, 2020 was, in, it was epic. Um, as we all know, 2021 was also terrible. And unfortunately, 2023 is probably going to be even worse. We'll just have to also throw hyperinflation um, and some more destabilization in there um, as things we're going to have to deal with, or I should say distract ourselves from with drugs or alcohol or or whatever. Um, But 2022, we're you know, we're, we're just, we've creeped into the second month and yeah, we're dealing with just normal inflation, you know? So, so there's that. And then I see all these random, uh, you know, we're in black history month. So of course, all these conversations about race in America, you know, and of course, you know, CNN, or they're just going, going absolutely nuts with it. And there was one story that kind of stood out a little bit. And uh, it involves a uh, a former uh, NFL coach. So he he was the uh, the head coach for the, the Miami Dolphins for three years. You know, gets dropped, is looking for work elsewhere. You know, um, is has an interview set up with the Giants. You know, his name is uh, Brian Flores, and he uh, I I actually looked at his record and. It, it wasn't that bad. First year was a rough start, but, you know, you'll have that with any head coaching position. Um, but the second season, third season, he, he he did some okay things. But, hey, that's just the way things go in professional sports, you know. And if you're not giving the uh, if you're not giving the, the team what it needs, if the leadership feels like you're 
you're just not taking them in the right direction, you get dropped. Um, even if you have a, a positive season. So this individual has an interview set up with the uh, with the Giants, and it turns into a, a, a whole circus. I mean, he, he wasn't selected for the position. He says that the interview was a sham. Um, it was something that was done just to uh, meet just kind of a quota. That being that they, they have to at least interview uh, minority candidates, even if they're not um, being seriously considered for the position. They have to be able to show that and document that. And he says it was a complete sham. They already had someone in mind. And uh, the individual they picked was white. And since the uh, the owner, the owners are white, so and he's black, so you know, racism, boom, that that just like that. And he files this lawsuit, and within the lawsuit, he makes <laughs> there are all these these statements. You know, uh, one of them is, you know, that the Giants is they haven't had a, a a black person in any position of power in, you know, it's one hundred year history. You know, and there's seventy percent of the NFL players, you know, that the laborers that, you know, that are, that are bringing in all that money and all that sponsorship, you know, they're, they're, they're black. And we could get past all this. If we put more black people in positions of power, I, there's, there's so much, there's so much wrong with that statement. And I had a short conversation with someone on uh, Facebook about this and they, they made a statement somewhat similar to this. We need we need more black head coaches. And my question was, why? Well, because so many of them are white. Okay, well, what about Asians? What about Hispanics? What about women? (laughs) What what about Native Americans? We need more Native American head head football coaches. What what are you going to do about that? And my my point was that not, not everything is about race. It's not always race. There are a lot of other um, factors that we're ignoring here because we're, we're obsessed about race, not about really solving it or really looking deep into it, all the nuances and, and, and uh, the layers to get a firm understanding of, of what it is um, and ask the serious questions and the honest questions. And like, well, who's who financially benefits from a lot of this uh, racial de- destabilization, societal destabilization? You know, no, we can't go into that. We only can talk about how we need to have more black coaches and that's how we'll solve the problem. And the same people that will go on and on and like, well, in this lawsuit where he states that, you know, 70 percent of uh, the players in the NFL are black. And that's true. Actually, it's a little more than 70 percent. Well, why why doesn't someone ask the uh, there's an obvious question that's right there. If 70 percent of the players are black. Well, couldn't someone argue that? Well, the NFL is a racist organization. They're racist against whites and Hispanics, you know, and Asians, because there's so few of them in the NFL. There should be a quota where they have to interview. We need more Asian quarterbacks. We need more Hispanic linebackers, you know. We, we need we need more white wide receivers. Too many of them are black. We got we must fix this injustice now. You know, 
And of course, people will chuckle and laugh, you know, and it's like, but don't you see how silly that is? I mean, you're trying to socially control a profession and and plug and play and plug people in different spots based off of their gender or their race, which is, it's just not possible. Now, there's some people that will use this opportunity to make a little bit of money. There's always someone trying to make some money. Well, like, well, in this case, one could argue that maybe this individual is trying to make a little money. This um, this former head coach who's filing this lawsuit out of nowhere. Based on the fact that he received a text message, I think it was from Bill Belichick. Uh, uh, it was accidentally sent to him congratulating him on being selected as the Giants head coach. And it was a, oh, no, oops, sorry. No, actually, it was this other guy, that, that sort of thing. I mean... People see that all the time in in a lot of professions. It's unfortunate, but I'm sorry. I mean, sometimes you're just not the pick. You're just you're not the most qualified. And if this individual were white, they would just ignore him and, and move on. That'd be the end of it, because that's socially acceptable in, in 2022. But if the person is black, and in some cases, if the person is a woman, then they can just immediately throw that card down. And I I can say that, you know, I've interviewed for positions in the civilian sector where the people that were interviewing me were, they were uh, all white. I've been in situations where most of them were black. And I've answer all the technical questions correctly. I believe I answered all the uh, scenarios with the appropriate responses and, you know, my resume and everything is all tight and clean and I feel like I'm the best fit. And then I get a call and like, unfortunately we, we went in a different direction. We selected another individual, um, someone who's a better fit, has more experience, whatever. And I move on. I just think, Oh, we're good for that person. You know, I can't blame an organization for, doing what they feel is in the best interest of the organization and that organization's success. And we're talking about professional sports here. So there were some people, I mean, my initial response, I, I, I kind of called the guy like, well, I said he's being kind of a, a whiny baby because some of the statements and things in the lawsuit, that's what it sounded like. He was just, he was grasping at straws, just, just anything anything at all like oh they haven't had a, a a black person in a position of power within the giants organization in a hundred in its hundred year history yeah yeah there we go they're making all this money off of you know all the black players in the nfl and that's 70 percent of them are black players and you know but we don't we don't have enough black head coaches or, or black owners you know and um okay just just keep on just keep reaching for anything you can anything at all <laughs> even if it doesn't really makes sense and it actually some of it hurts your argument and causes more questions than anything else but the obsession and it's it's february the 4th and you, you we're, we're already seeing the uh you know people of course going on and on about you know martin luther king and um not a whole lot about malcolm x because malcolm x was um he started out one way 
and before he died, he became um, a more well-rounded um, activist and, and, and public speaker. And um, he began to show his, uh, his anti-authoritarian colors. And in his case, the same thing with Martin Luther King. You know, a lot of people look at the around the time that they were assassinated, where they were as 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 men, as individuals, as uh, as activists and, and and civil rights leaders and and their uh, respective sectors. And people look at that time. It's like, why then? Why were they why were they killed then? You know, and there's a part of me that wonders if 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 the reason was because they were no longer a uh, controllable opposition. And what I mean by that is you'll, you'll notice whenever there is a quote unquote conflict, especially over social issues, you'll have one side or another, you know, because two sided paradigms that, that that's our thing. You know, you can be red or you can be blue. You can be all lives matter. You can be black lives matter. You can be pro-life or pro-choice. It's all it's two. And if there's a third one in there, that that third one gets stifled or called a conspiracy theorist or whatever and just gets shut out. But what do you do if one of those uh, controllable oppositions goes off the goes off the rails? And Malcolm X, he started to speak more about um, the plight of the American people, not just the, the plight of the uh, the plight of black people. He began to talk about the importance of um, leaving your your faith at home when you come in for these discussions about um, about injustice and equality and all these all these big issues and government corruption and all that stuff. Leave your religion at home because it derails the conversation. And he started saying that more often and having more focused discussions. The same thing with Martin Luther King. It became more focused on. Uh, a little bit on government corruption and the plight of the American people. And when that shift started to happen, then all of a sudden here come the death threats. And then, Oh, look at that. You know, you know, he, he no longer has police protection or he doesn't have this, this protection, or um, there were uh, individuals that were known by the FBI that were going to assassinate Martin Luther King, but they did nothing about it. You know, same thing with Malcolm X. They knew the nation, the nation of Islam was was out to get him, and they they just stepped back because they 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 became uncontrollable opposition. Just my theory, but anyway, I just this whole so many of these holidays, you know, when when you look in the history and just where where they started, ninety nine percent of them started as one thing, and then they just were hijacked and morphed and commercialized or politicized or, or propagandized um, and became tools. And a lot of times they, they, they were crafted to be tools of division. And Black History Month, I'm sorry, that, that's the only way I can see it as a tool of division. Because this country, we've got so many different cultures, so many different races, all these different backgrounds and you know, there's so much to it. It truly is a melting pot. And to devote an entire month to focus on um, uh, one group of people that, that's not even the largest part of the population, 13.6, 13.7%, just focus on them. And when you do focus on them, 
you 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 really hone in on slavery you really hone in on jim crow and the civil rights movement and you kind of keep it right in there you don't talk about any of the the gains within that racial group that took place before the civil rights movement 20 years before 30 years before the civil rights movement you won't go into that you won't talk about how the the marriage rates were higher immediately when after slavery ended than they are now for black people you won't talk about that no, no, no. You won't talk about how um, all these different uh, how the the uh, the the housing market boom, where you had more black people purchasing homes in the 1950s and 1960s. This is before the Fair Housing Rights Act. This is before the Civil Rights Act. Um, uh, this is before uh, the Voting Rights Act. You, you know, all these all these big gains that don't fit the narrative or completely ignore, no matter how monumental those gains are. But anyway, don't want to ramble. <laughs> I really just wanted to share my thoughts on Black History Month, but I just, I, I couldn't help myself when I when I saw uh, just a couple of these stories about the, all these different lawsuits against different uh, NFL and NBA teams, you know, which it, it, it it's ridiculous. It, it really is. You know, I'm sorry, but uh, sometimes you're just not qualified enough. You're just not the person. You're not selected because you just, they were someone better. That's it. Not because you're black, not because you're a woman or because of your religion or whatever, just because you just weren't picked. <laughs> but since we're, you know, extremely color conscious right now and we're, we're so fixated and obsessed about race, you know, everything is racist. But anyway, those are just some of my thoughts. Um, uh, please feel free to share, throw some things my way. I'm curious to hear uh, just some of your thoughts out there. Um, and as always, thank you for your support. Thank you for your time. And we'll talk again soon. Snell Nation out.